From the University of Alberta Alumni Association, it's What the Job. I'm Matt Ray. The reason I went into fundraising and thought I'd be good at it was part of it. I loved the U of A. I could speak to the U of A. I knew the U of A. But really what it comes down to is I knew the impact of giving to the University of Alberta or of making the University of Alberta better through private contributions. On this episode of What the Job, I chat with fundraising professional Kyla Amrine. Kyla is the director of the Edmonton Public Schools Foundation. She talks to us about her winding career path and how it helped develop the skills necessary to be a good fundraiser. We also talk about how she learned to identify the impact of philanthropy, how she built a network, and how she makes career-changing decisions. What the Job is made possible with the support of our affinity partner, TD Insurance. Did you know that through the TD Insurance Mellish Monarchs program, University of Alberta alumni are entitled to preferred rates on car, home, condo, and renter's insurance? Save even more by bundling your car and home insurance. To learn more about how you can save, please visit tdinsurance.com slash alumni. So what's your name and what's your job? My name is Kyla Amrine, and I'm director of the Edmonton Public Schools Foundation. And what do you do? Well, first of all, what is the Edmonton Public Schools Foundation? Definitely. So <clears throat> we're the fundraising body attached to and within Edmonton Public Schools. So we have 109,000 plus students in 215 public schools across the city. And uh, of course, we're publicly funded, which is fabulous. But there are so many supports for students that fall outside of the government's public funding mandate that are critical for student success. Those pieces that fall outside of that public funding mandate, uh, they sit with us to help support through donor contributions, through um, time, through uh, in-kind contributions, that sort of thing. So uh, if folks want to help kids within the school system, whether that be through nutrition or uh, learning enhancements or even technology, uh, we facilitate those conversations and those gifts. And uh, sometimes this moves into to bigger projects like uh, redoing outdoor basketball courts. And sometimes it's making sure to get technology into the hands of kids who wouldn't have access otherwise. Uh, so we work with donors and the schools and the division to align all of those priorities and then make them happen. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of like marriage of, uh, of needs and uh, gifts, I guess. Definitely. It's uh, finding where and how people want to help and then working with our experts who are our teachers and our principals and our educators uh, to make sure that we're aligning the helpers with the need and doing it in the best way possible. And as a director, what do you do? Yeah, I oversee the foundation. So I oversee the strategic uh, development and delivery of all of this work. Um, there's a lot, so we are a foundation, so we have a lot of CRA regulations and such that we we fall within and we must align, uh, adhere to. So I oversee that. Um, I We have a board of directors that I answer to. We also have our board of trustees who are publicly elected for the uh, Edmonton Public School Board. So I'm responsible for uh, reporting up to both boards as well as our leadership team. So, for example, our superintendent and assistant superintendents. 
Uh, we do have a small team of two, so I've got a, a tiny sliver of, of staff oversight, let's call it, but really it's, you know, in a team of two doing really diverse work. We work pretty, pretty seamlessly together, but, you know, the puck stops with me, let's say. So, um, you know, I'm definitely the one who's taking the lead on strategic conversations and whatnot. Um, and then a lot of budgeting comes with that, whether that's our trust account. So making sure that we're able to uh, follow up with all of our financial commitments to students and, and get the things done that we've said are going to done get done, or even just our operational funds. So we've got an operational account to make sure that the office can run and whatnot. So budgeting on both lanes there. Um, and then doing the work as well. <laughs> so I'm also out there talking to donors and, uh, you know, the administrative side of things as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty diverse job. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Don't forget doing the work. That's an important yeah. part. <laughs> What what is um and I know you've kind of gone through all the elements, but I'm interested in sort of a, a day in the life kind of thing. Is it a lot of meetings? Like I mean, not only with the stakeholders internally, but donors as well. Yeah, you know, one of the great things about both the work, but also being in a small team like this is, uh, and a lot of people say this, but you know, no two days are the same. It's quite diverse, but it's um definitely so. It boils down to relationships. Um, internally facing and externally facing. So like I mentioned, we uh, here at the foundation, we're really the folks who try to take the expertise that exists within our school system, our educators, the research that's happening here, and face that outwards. So talk to uh, donors and stakeholders and community members and to explain what's going on to connect pieces. So our relationships internally with Edmonton Public Schools, with principals, with teachers, with researchers, with senior leadership, um, we're constantly building those relationships, learning more, asking how we can help, um, and then taking that, uh, let's say, putting that into consumable bits, whether that's through communication pieces or even just how to talk about something in a more public-facing way, and then building relationships outwards with uh, donors, with parents, with community stakeholders. We also work with other not-for-profits to, to provide for our students. So um it's building those relationships through i mean yes lots of meetings lots of coffees but you know sometimes it's site-based so we're we're running out we're we're doing a really exciting project right now with the edmonton stingers refreshing outdoor basketball courts so it's our fresh hoops program so sometimes i'm driving around to sites to see what kind of state a basketball court's in and you know trying to put together an estimate as to what that cost is going to look like for a donor to to redo that court so it just really depends on on the day i mean today right now my organized chaos is getting chromebooks out the door for students so we're early-ish in the year and our principals and teachers have referred a number of students to our chromebooks for kids program so um in addition to going through all the the back-end administration it's it's literally getting chromebooks onto our cars and out to out to kiddos so it's really quite diverse yeah, everything from doing all the budgeting to, as you, as you said earlier, doing the work, but like literally handing out the Chromebooks or scouting out a basketball court. A lot of different yeah. uh, skills involved in this job then. Yeah, yeah, that have been developed over <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> well, let's talk about that time. I'm curious how you ended up in this particular role. I know you worked at the U of A for a while, so can you go through your career journey a bit? 
Sure. So I, uh, so throughout university, I, I think my first, what I'd call real job sort of outside of like lifeguarding and whatnot, which were real jobs and were fabulous. But um, over the summers, I was the volunteer manager for Fringe Theatre Adventures or more specifically for the, the Fringe Festival. So I did that for uh, five years. And um, in the last couple of years, they really did that more of a contract basis throughout school. So it was that first opportunity to sort of have um, that professional obligation that that goes home with you outside of your work hours and whatnot and this really big thing ahead of you that you um, are building towards to achieve. So I did that um, and then finished my degree and uh, you know started looking for a job and um, I'd done a couple victory laps for my undergrad. So I'd been on campus probably seven years, I think. And so naturally, I was like, campus will be a great place to work. Um, and it is a great place to work for multiple <laughs> reasons. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think in that sort of after graduating, I, I was luckily, luckily sitting in an internship at that point. So I was working with the Alberta Cancer Foundation and they'd extended that. So I had some time to find sort of that permanent role. But I think I, I put out probably 65 applications to the university in different departments. Um, and this was one of those first learning opportunities where it's like, hey, Kyla, you're pretty junior. Don't be applying for like, you know, the VP of everything role kind of thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's funny now, but uh, I do look back and go, oh, I ended up working with many of these people and they saw my application for jobs that I was not qualified for. But that's OK. That's another story. Um, but I did I did end up in a really cool position. My first position at the university was governance assistant in the university governance office. So what that means is um, working to help coordinate the university's central governing bodies to deliver what the university delivers on education, research, um, all of those different pieces. So I was an assistant, so I did a lot of, you know, collating and photocopying and archiving and, and bringing coffee to folks. But I also got to learn a ton about that inner critical structure to the university, to post-secondary and even kind of the not-for-profit world and the importance of governance structures. So I did that for a few years. And then um, another benefit of that job was I was working literally side by side with with the president of the university and the VPs and the AVPs and, and very senior folks across campus. And uh, I had what, those relationships, again, were critical there and had one of the uh, AVPs come up at one point and say, you know, we have a job opening. I think you'd be really good at it. Are you interested in applying? And it was uh, regional branches at the time, but it was supporting our alumni who live outside of Edmonton with networking opportunities. And that often looked like events. So it was sort of international event planning, as it were. Uh, and again, it was an assistant position, but I was I was ready to look for a change. And so I did put my application in for that position and um, and got it. So that was awesome. I moved into alumni relations, which turned out to be a really cool move because I just I fell in love with it. I love chatting with with alumni and folks who have stories to tell and learning from that and and history and so it was a really neat spot to be. And then kind of a shoot back to my fringe days, um, the Alumni Association decided that focusing on volunteerism would be really, really important. So growing networking opportunities from just like coming out to events and, and whatnot, but to those give back opportunities such as volunteerism. So they created a volunteer coordinator role. And uh, I had this back pocket five years of experience working at the fringe doing volunteer management. 
so uh, I thought, you know what, like this is an opportunity to to try a role with a lot more responsibility because it was a brand new position and a brand new program. Um, but it was, you know, something I, I did think that I I had the experience and was good at. So put my application in and was successful. So that was that was awesome. Um, got to build a program from bottom up, still working with alumni, working with, you know, a super team there that I was, you know, I was familiar familiar with at this stage, um, but got to kind of do lots of hard things and prove a few new concepts and whatnot. And then I had a baby, so I took some time off <laughs> and uh, shortly came, came back and got to do uh, Winterfest and, and whatnot. A couple of, again, very exciting, you know, kind of once in a lifetime things with alumni. And then uh, I was approached by our uh, registrar's office, so student engagement. And they had a uh, team lead position, a leadership position for uh, volunteer engagement and partnerships. And, you know, I worked very closely with these folks in my time as a volunteer, as the volunteer coordinator for the Alumni Association. And uh, so had great relationships and, and they had that position open up and they were like, you know what, like, would you be interested in making this move? And um, it was an interesting thing to reflect on because I, I love volunteer management and I think it's critical to so much of what the world does. But I also was was acutely aware that I, I wanted to make sure I had a diversified background, not to move into another position. And it might seem silly, but it was very important to me, and I'm, I'm glad I did it, but not to move into another volunteer management position. So, you know, had quite a few conversations with the leadership team there, and eventually they, uh, the job pretty much stayed the same, but uh, it moved into a student engagement and partnerships position. So um, for me, that was really cool to have that opportunity just even within title, but to represent the learning and whatnot I was getting from working with students. So I went into the team lead role and, um, you know, pretty quick just realized I missed working with alumni. I missed working um, back. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't the right fit. And uh, from for many reasons and it, it was a great team I was working with I was working with like incredible students doing very cool things um, but there was just something that wasn't clicking but uh, of course you know I stuck with that for about a year and throughout that year I got to learn quite a bit um, still realized towards the end no this isn't this isn't where I'm gonna end up but took some valuable lessons and so at this point, I'm, I was reflecting on, well, what next then? I don't want to leave the university. I've been at the university. Like, I'm, I'm very comfortable here. <laughs> it's a good place to be. So I uh, actually reached back out to my colleagues in, in advancement. So kind of side, beside alumni relations and fundraising, so the advancement team. And they had a new team that was developing. It was a, a director team of folks who were going out and doing regional fundraising. Um, I'd never fundraised really before. I mean, I've I've talked to people about giving, donating food and things for volunteers at Fringe, but you know, fundraising was not something I had on my my resume, let's say. But um, I reached out to the senior director and said, you know, I love the U of A. I know a lot about the U of A. I think I'd be really good at this job. I think I could be a good fundraiser. And uh, you know, had a couple of really long coffee meetings, and then at one point, I said, you know, can I? I'm like on my own dollar, fly out to Vancouver, like follow your team around kind of shadow and see what it's really about. So I tapped into my collection of air miles and flew out to Vancouver and shadowed one of their team members and came back. And I remember meeting with um, the senior director of that, 
that portfolio afterwards. And she's like, so tell me what you thought. And it was going to be like a half hour meeting and it was probably two and a half hours. And <laughs> at the end of it, she goes like, I think you've asked me more questions that like, you've thought a lot about this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but at that point I was, I was quite riveted actually about this new opportunity and, and it's sort of taking that alumni relations and moving it even to a deeper relationship where you're really learning about what, um, alumni and donors are, are passionate about and what got them there, what really stuck out for them as part of their university degree. So, so anyways, we talked a lot and eventually, <laughs> <laughs> eventually she said, you know what, like, I, I think you would be good at this. Let's see what we can do. And um, she was able to create a position for me. So I said, you know, I'm sticking with the student engagement piece for the year because I want to see those commitments out. Um, but then shortly after that year, uh, she created a position and I moved into that role as um, regional director of advancement. So that was traveling, traveling around Western Canada, talking to alumni and community members and fundraising, um, very much frontline fundraising. So I went from never really having, never having done it to doing a lot of it. So it was a huge learning curve, but it was an awesome learning curve because it is an important skill, I think, to have in so many different areas and it's transferable. Um, so I did that and then had another baby. That's, you know, uh, got to work that in there, right? Like it's important. Mm, <laughs> so definitely. I had another baby and um, while I was off, it was actually um, that team had been dispersed and moved into faculties and whatnot and just the kind of the, the resources were reallocated and I had the opportunity to stay with sort of that central fundraising team or to move out to a faculty and again just reflecting on you know what I wanted to be when I grew up or where I might go down the line it was like well I think I need that that faculty experience I'm missing that so I opted to move to a faculty and was um Super fortunate to land in the Faculty of Engineering under an amazing dean, a fantastic assistant dean, and um, went over there as an associate director and uh, got to actually help build the director of advancement role. And uh, after about a year in the associate director and getting the director position built, I moved into that position and was there for a couple of years and uh, got to do some amazing projects that really they were intersectional between alumni relations and advancement and really about community building. So uh, spoke, spoke to me. Uh, yeah, very loudly. So it was wonderful. And uh, then, you know, my, my babies are now older. They're well, they're in early education, but Edmonton public schools. And um, at this stage, I've been at the university for 12 years as staff, but like, you know, 18, 19 years and <laughs> like that, Adding you up. know, half my life. <laughs> So, you know, you're sort of reflecting on those next steps and uh, a really an opportunity came up to oversee the foundation for Edmonton Public Schools. And it was a little bit on a whim that I threw my application in. But I remember even just working on my cover letter and, and just it just felt so good from the minute I started looking at the, the position and putting myself into a letter and um, that uh, you know, it started off as just kind of, let's see what this is about. And then uh, it, it was the right next step for me. So after almost 19 years on campus as staff or student, I made the big jump and I moved to another uh, educational institution, <laughs> but, um, you know, doing some of that early learning and whatnot. So the long story, that's the career path. It's interesting that you can trace this all the way back to that position at Fringe and how it's so clear 
the things that made you good at that job are resonating now. Absolutely. And I, um, you know, actually getting, getting that job, but like, so I mentioned lifeguarding, I was lifeguarding and, um, I, you know, like any first year art student, I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and do my, my BCom. I'm going to go in and do business. Um, and that was what I was going to do. And I was lifeguarding. And I remember this, I'm standing on deck and it was swim like lane, lane swim. And one of our swimmers, she was the marketing director at the fringe. And she's like, Hey, we have the summer internship coming up and you're going into business. Like this would be a great, it's a, it's a marketing position. It's the um, internship for marketing. And I was like, Oh, that would be wonderful. Right. And meanwhile, I'm, my grades aren't high enough to get into business. I don't like math. I I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, I don't know if I'm actually going into business, but either way, this would be a really cool opportunity. So I applied, but when I was applying and doing the interview, they actually um, had, they were, they ended up interviewing for the marketing coordinator and the volunteer coordinator position at the same time. And at the end of that interview coming to me and saying, which position do you want? Do you want to be more involved with volunteers or marketing? And like you say, it's almost like a pivotal point because I look back and go, the marketing element would have been really cool. I mean, there's so many things to learn, especially with an, an organization like the Fringe who does it very well and they do it in a very like organic community grassroots way. Um, but I think taking the volunteer role, basically what it came to, down to is they, they were like, we have a business student in marketing who'd be really good at both as well, but we want to offer it to you first. And I was like, give her the marketing role for sure. Like she, like yeah. she'll be better at that. I don't know what I'll be good at. I'll take the volunteer <laughs> one. And, um, you know, I think that that was like a, an incredible opportunity to just really do a little bit of everything. But at the base of it all was like the value of a relationship and, um, really just learning how valuable that is. And, and not that I wouldn't have gotten that with marketing, but at the fringe, when you're overseeing a thousand volunteers who many of them have been there for two decades, they're, you know, older than me, they've got way more experience and somehow kind of fitting into that very established community. You've got to think on your feet and whatnot. So yeah, absolutely. I think so much of it traces back to, uh, the fringe and, and just it giving me that opportunity and, you know, as a summer internship. So it's pretty cool. You also seem to have a willingness to make changes. You don't seem to be afraid to shift, uh, whether it's just an opportunity has arisen and you want to take advantage of that, or whether you're thinking that, uh, you want to strategically make a sort of change. What goes into making that kind of uh, a career shift? How do you decide what's the right, how do you make all the right decisions, Kyla? That's what I'm really trying to <laughs> Oh, I was just about to say for better, for worse, right? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's an interesting question because, uh, yeah, for better, for worse is literally, I think an important thing to keep in mind. And, um, you know, it is true. Even in my degree, I think I changed my, my major minor my, in my undergrad three or four times. And, um, I study abroad Well, I went to Quebec for a summer and then I was in France for a year and Germany for a year. So I've had like a pretty, you know, there's been lots of changes. Um, I, I think one thing, so I'm very much, um, I believe we can all do hard things. And I think that um, ch challenging ourselves personally is, is how we grow, how we learn about ourselves. Um, it's exciting. It's something that I think is just critical to 
to kind of living a creative life. And that's always been something that's important to me, even though I'm not an artist per se, but like, I, I do feel like how it's a, it's a way to be creative within more of a professional structure is by, by trying different things and, and seeing what's going to work and discovering new skills or talents or interests. Um, I think, you know, there's a little bit for me, not that I get bored, but I, re I really do like to, um, stay interested and stay invested and sometimes you know it's that whole like staying on one path or you know driving on highway two right it's this long straight road like it's pretty easy to just get like that tunnel vision and i think part of what has made me be able to look sort of bigger than the role i'm currently in not right the second but for example as the governance assistant getting coffee when i'm like oh i have an undergrad degree i shouldn't be doing this um is like, well, well, no, this is part of that process of learning and of appreciate appreciating what's around me. And um, so, so I think it's just balancing risk with return, um, trying to fit it into a, a long-term picture. And, uh, you know, it does keep things challenging and exciting, which I think is so important when you're doing big work that sometimes you don't see immediate impacts. You have to wait and work towards them as as they come. I have a couple of questions related to that. And one of them is that along the way, did you ever feel like you were stuck? Because it always seems like opportunities kept coming at you. Or was it ever a case where you're like, I really want to change and you sought it out? It did sound like that happened at least once. But did you ever feel like you were just stuck in a, in a position? Uh so, so there were times where I, where I have gone, uh, changes needed. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely. Have I ever felt stuck in a position? No. And I think that's through a few different things. So for example, even when I was doing, when I was the governance assistant and then the assistant to the regional branches branches. So in those very, very early roles um, where I maybe wasn't challenged as much by the work at hand, the photocopying and the collating, um, I took the opportunity to start working on my graduate degree. So I would do that in the evenings. Um, and uh, so again, I knew that there was, there was a building to, like there was, I was building in part of a process. And, and again, I mean, I, I just, there was lots to learn and knowing that, right? Like I sure, I didn't know what governance was, until I prepped for the interview for that job. <laughs> and so, and then, you know, moving into regional chapters or, or alumni relations, I didn't really know that was a thing beforehand. So even if the task at hand, the, the collating or the booking catering wasn't like what I wanted to end up doing at the end of the day, I found being surrounded by folks who knew the why and knew where this went was just as, as important and as interesting and as inspiring. And then typically I'd get to a point where it was like, okay, I, I want to start making more decisions. I want to be doing more. And typically I've, I've had amazing mentors and, and supervisors and bosses. And so I've been able to actually do that within the position I was in to a degree, of course. And then that was always like, okay, now's the time to start looking at what else is out there. You start, you start to get to that, just that level of competence and confidence that, um, you've got a little bit of wiggle room to kind of start looking and talking and asking questions. So I think it's always been, I'm ready for other opportunities. How can I excel and bring that into my current role? Well, I'm then 
exploring what else is out there because I definitely didn't want to do anything rash. I didn't want to, you know, leave this awesome spot. I was working an awesome job just because I was not feeling completely uh, challenged because there's ways you can bring challenge into your role while still looking for that productive next step, if we want to say that. I think what resonated for me is, and and sorry if I'm misquoting you, but it's that belief that people can do hard things, right? That Mm -hmm. sometimes I think you have to recognize that you're capable of doing things. And also there are people around you, as you also noted, that will support you in trying to achieve the things that you want to achieve. So, you know, when we're thinking about making changes, sometimes having some belief in yourself and the structure is is a good way to do that. Yeah, I think that's... um... One of the things I've definitely reflected on kind of as I look at my career path is um, I'm I'm very grateful for the folks who've been there for a conversation. And I'm also very grateful that I took the chance to reach out to them because that's not um, I don't think it's like a natural thing to do and can be intimidating and um, nerve wracking. But I think we we all we all have to be our own biggest champion. And that doesn't mean, you know, um, that doesn't mean being, um, you can still do that with humility, right? Balancing it with humility. But I think what that does mean is um, you advocate for yourself. You ask questions. You look for the, look for the helpers, right? Always look for the helpers. There's always helpers out there. And uh, there, I think folks are usually very happy to talk about, like, what a possible next step could be, whether it's um, very broadly or whether it's even just career-wise. Like, I'm very interested in this. I mean, the conversation where I was like, I think I could be a really good fundraiser. You know, I remember like this is a senior director and that I I don't know very well. She's moved in. She's making big changes. You know, look up to her in in that she's like even as a female role model who someone who's really accomplished. And I remember like just that first like well, how do I put this? Like talking over what I was going to say over and over and over, but then walking into the conversation and you know what, probably not the the smoothest way to sort of ask for a chance, but like it, it resonated. Like, I think I could be really good at this. And that started that conversation. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to start perfectly, I guess is what I'm saying. Like it's, it's having the confidence or even just taking the risk if you don't have the confidence <laughs> to just get started and ask the question. And right away, again, you just find people who want to help and who want to have that conversation and they recognize, you know, that it's it's all that, that you're asking them for help. I mean, who doesn't want to be asked for help? That means, you know, that's a level level of respect that I think you show a person when you ask for help because you respect them, you admire them, you trust them. Um, so yeah, I think that being your own biggest champion and, but in a, in a graceful manner, not that I'm always graceful, but, um, (laughs) you know, I think that's an important piece for us all to remember. I think it was interesting that you were talking about, um, how you thought you'd be a good fundraiser. Um, (laughs) Did you, have you learned since then? I, I'm just kind of curious. I mean, obviously you you become a successful fundraiser, but is it for the same reasons that you thought that you would be good at it? Like, is the job what you thought it would be? Yeah, great question. Because I've often wondered, was I only a good fundraiser because I love the U of A and I could speak passionately about the U of A? So um, I've I've very like I've reflected on that a lot, especially when I was 
Well, first, I suppose moving to engineering, like I'm, I have a Bachelor of Arts in French and German literature, and my master's is in organizational leadership. I do not have an engineering background. <laughs> so um, I have a lot of respect for it. Um, and now, in fact, like a love for it. Um, but I do remember going like, oh, am I going to be a good fundraiser if I don't love or know inside out and backwards what this is? Um, and, you know, and it's a two pronged answer, I think. So, so you can be a good fundraiser and not love what you do. Uh, I believe, though, to be the best fundraiser, it takes more than just, um, you know, you're not selling something. It's not sales, though, some people would say. So I think that the reason I went into fundraising and thought I'd be good at it was part of it. I love the U of A. I could speak to the U of A. I knew the U of A. But really what it comes down to is I knew the impact of giving to the University of Alberta or of making the University of Alberta Alberta better through private contributions. That that sticks with fundraising. And I think for me, um, the fundraising I do now and the advocacy work I do now, it's still access to education. It's early education. I mean, I say like, if we don't have kiddos in, you know, Edmonton Public Schools, first of all, graduating or loving learning, they're not coming to the university, right? So we're starting just even earlier. Um, so for me, it was eventually recognizing what is it that I'm advocating and fundraising for what's at the heart of it it wasn't necessarily the green and gold it was the access to education and an exceptional learning opportunity and so it's those deeper core things so the job itself I mean we can talk about tasks but I think at the core of what fundraising is making those passionate connections and helping facilitate growth yeah uh, yeah, I was good at it for some of those reasons. And um, was I better at the U of A than I would have been at, like, let's say U of C, because I, I didn't go to the U of C. I probably would be better at the U of A because I know the U of A inside out and backwards. And I are new or, you know, I was a student there myself. I had that experience. But um, I still think you can be a good fundraiser without necessarily having that. It's just depends on your approach to it. Okay, I think it's time for the lightning round. It's very simple. We just we always ask these questions to every guest, and just the first thing that comes to your mind. Lightning round is brought to you by our affinity partner, TD Insurance. First question: Have you ever been fired from a job? Oh no, I have not. Few have, few have. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? An NHL goaltender. Oh yes, I remember this from the panel. Yeah. Do you still yeah. play? Do you still play some hockey, some shinny? Uh, I well, no, I don't play shinny, but I still only skate in uh, goalie skates. So when I'm out doing like pond skating and stuff in the neighborhood, it's always a question from folks like, "Oh, do you have equipment?" Because goalies are always shorthand. So, <laughs> so I don't really play, but I rock the goalie skates. I don't even know if I could skate in proper. Skates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's something that you wish people understood about your job, or maybe something that's misunderstood about fundraising? It's not just asking for money. It's so much more. It's really facilitating people to contribute to areas of passion and watch it grow exponentially through others. It's it's not just about money. What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't in this profession? Uh, writing, mm. traveling, sitting on a beach. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, you, you've made like... a terrible choice then. You should, <laughs> you should go do the other thing. 
<laughs> you know, now I say though, if I won the lottery, I'd still probably do what I'm doing. I mean, maybe not as intensely, but that's that's a good thing. So, but no, I'm I I I like to write. Fantastic. Um, what what's your favorite thing about what you do about your job? Oh, all the people for sure, and on on all sides, the the givers, the the folks who receive the gifts, the families, um, the people, hundred percent. The people I work with, they're always like the most caring people. Yeah. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself just after you graduated, what would you say? It's all going to be okay. You've worked hard. Keep working. Have some fun along the way. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say it again. Take a risk. Believe in yourself. You can do hard things. Say it to my girls all the time. They're five and nine, and it's like you can do hard things. I think overwhelmingly, it's going to be okay is the answer that that people say when they get that question. <laughs> Everyone was in yeah. a crisis after. Well, I, which I think speaks to the kind of pressure that graduates are under. But let's let's just uh, wrap this one up. <laughs> the last one in respect to your education or your career path or anything else. Is there uh, anything else related to your career? Is there anything you wish you had done but didn't? You know, I tried to really jump in and. Um, do as much as I could. Um, hmm. A lot of people no. have no regrets. No, I, I think, you know, I mean, I traveled abroad for a couple of years. I did my graduate degree. I've had kids. I've renovated a heritage. Uh, no, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> you, you made the most out of it, for sure. I'm feeling pretty good because this was a fun episode and I've learned a lot. I've learned all about the, the wonderful world of fundraising and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much, Kyla. Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of What the Job, and a special thanks to our guest, Kyla Amrine, for talking to us about her career. And as always, a reminder that the best place for alumni to connect with other alumni about jobs, mentorship, or volunteer opportunities is the online platform Switchboard. It's free, and you can try it out today at uab.ca slash sboard. It's a great tool no matter where you are in your career journey. That's all for this episode. For What the Job, I'm Matt Ray. See you next time.